For Christ, we believe in you. Help our unbelief. Amen. Today's scripture is Psalm. The psalm reading is Psalm 119, verses 1 to 8. Let's listen to God's word. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with the upright heart. When I learn your righteous laws, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. The Hebrew scripture is from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 to 20. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of. But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. One of the things that binds my friend Alan and I in friendship is our shared love for the book of Deuteronomy. It is not a normal book for people to say is their their favorite when they're thinking of their favorite book of the Bible or favorite passage. Deuteronomy is not generally one that comes to mind, but it's a great book. There is so much historical background in Deuteronomy, so much setup for the things that we see Jesus do and say later on in the Gospels. And it is such a loving gift. God gives the people these guidelines for how to live with each other. We have parameters. And those parameters say that other people matter. Our interactions with the world around us matter. 
The things we do and say in the world make a difference to the well-being of the entire community. In Deuteronomy 30, this sermon by Moses to the people he is leading to the promised land is preached just as the people are about to cross over into the promised land. But Moses is telling them that when they get where they want to go, there is a way they are to behave that they have to be ready for. The reason they've been stuck wandering so long is because they have been slow to hear God's message. Moses tells the people, you don't want to listen to God? That's on you. When things go badly, that's on you. Because if you want to make it to the promised land and to live the sort of abundant lives that God makes available to us, you have some guidelines to follow. One of the reasons I suspect that many people do not find Deuteronomy as wonderful as I do is because it's got a lot of law in it. And we don't really much like being told what to do, do we? The people Moses was leading surely didn't, and we are not much different from them at all. We also don't much like the idea that if we don't toe the line, God's going to punish us. I used to read Psalm 119 as a kid and think, who wrote this crazy poem? I hate having rules. Part of it, I think, is that we're so used to our crime, uh, civil crime and punishment system here in the United States that the word law or even the word rule has this negative connotation to it. Not negative in that we think that we shouldn't have law or rules, but negative in that we see it as a list of things we're not allowed to do. It's a list of do-nots. So we hear about law in scripture, and it sounds like a cosmic list of do-nots, the things God says we don't get to do, or if we do them, we'd better have a good lawyer on retainer. But the Hebrew word used for law is so much richer than that. We like to gravitate toward Jesus' summary of the law in Matthew 22. And he said to them, or he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. That is a great passage. That is a key passage. But we tend to read that and say, whew, the do not laws do not matter as long as we love people. I implore you not to read Matthew 22 as an excuse to ignore things like Leviticus and Deuteronomy. When we do that, we miss the point that the old law, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, those are just a long version of saying, be nice to everyone, guys. These are ways of living peacefully and happily with one another. There's something so special about knowing how much God cares about even the smallest interactions that we have with others. It just blows me away. When our new dog, Pecos, came home a few months ago, we were very diligent in how we introduced him into the house. We already had three cats who had only ever met one dog in their lives, except for little Moses, who had actually met two dogs that we knew of, 
But we know that because when he came to us as a tiny, feral kitten, he had a pretty nasty dog bite wound. We wanted to make sure, as we introduced the new guy into the house, that the dog and the cats all learned to live together peacefully and without anyone being hurt or scared or left out. Especially knowing poor Moses' traumatic history with dogs. So the first step was that Pecos was always on a leash and someone was always holding the other end of the leash for about a week or so. Always, unless he was in the fenced backyard where no other animals live. He was always on that leash or in his crate. This way he couldn't wander off and do something stupid while we weren't watching. For those of you who have not lived with dogs before, almost every dog in the world is absolutely prone to wandering off and doing something stupid when you aren't watching. That's how dogs operate. Now after a while of this, we were able to keep Pecos on the leash but not hold on to it all of the time. That way, if he did forget the rules about chasing cats or jumping on people, we could stomp on the leash really quick to stop him in his tracks. We didn't have to do that very often, but when we did, it was a helpful reminder to him to pay attention to us. And it was a reminder to us to keep an eye on him as he learned the new rules of the new house. After a few months of obedience training and those first few weeks of leashed training in the house, his manners are pretty good. <laughs> he only chases cats if they start it. He occasionally picks up a shoe or slipper like he's going to chew on it, but he's nearly always glued to someone because we did such a good job of convincing him he's part of the pack. So we know right away when he has something he shouldn't have and we can ask him to hand it over, which he does. Sometimes he gets excited and jumps on company, but when we say, off, he gets down and remembers his manners. A few months later, and not only is Pecos not chasing cats, but the cats are starting to trust him more and more. They will happily be in the same room with him with no signs of fear, unless he's really wound up for some reason. We're all ducking for cover because he's so big. <laughs> And they will even sit on the same couch or bed with him now if there's a person on that couch or bed that they also want to be with. It was really hard for him to learn how to stop chasing cats. Chasing cats is fun. Learning good impulse control is how his obedience trainer and I have been talking about this. For a while, and even every once in a while now still, you could see the concentration on his dopey bulldog face. He wanted to chase the cat. Chasing the cat would be so great, but I had told him that he wasn't allowed to. He had a rule, and the rule didn't make much sense to him. But now it's not as hard for him. It's become part of how he is that he doesn't chase the cats, and the cats are becoming his friends. Slowly but surely, they are all starting to figure out how to live together, happy and healthy. And someone asked me that first week that we had the dog in the house, and they heard that I had him on a leash all the time with me wherever I was, don't you think it's harsh that he's always on that leash? 
And I explained that it felt less kind to everyone to let him learn bad habits and continue doing things that might be dangerous to him or to the rest of the family. This leashed introduction did a few things. It taught him that he is part of the family that matters. Where we go, he goes. We are connected. It was good bonding. It also gave him physical feedback when he forgot the house rules. So he got a reminder before something bad happened, like getting his face smacked by a scared and sharp cat. And it also gave the cats a clear message that we cared about their safety and well-being. Yes, we did bring a great big new dog into the house. But we weren't going to let him chase them. We weren't going to let him hurt them. The rules were not just about him. They were about everyone in the family. The message was clear. We want everyone here in this house to be safe and to be happy. We want them all to follow the rules, not because we like having someone to boss around, but because they are all safer and happier when they have these guidelines for how to live with each other. Yes, chasing cats is fun, if you're not the cat. God's message in giving us the law is not that God likes to have someone to boss around or that God likes punishing people or doesn't want us to have any fun. The rules aren't about each of us as individuals. God's message is this. Sometimes the things we do are harmful to the physical, emotional, or spiritual well-being of the people around us. And God doesn't want any harm to come to us. So here are the sorts of things that hurt people. Try to avoid them. Don't do things that are harmful to you and the people around you. And the whole community will be healthier and happier as a result. I like this paraphrase of Moses' sermon that we read in the book of Sirach. If you choose, you can keep the commandments and to act faithfully as a matter of your own choice. He has placed before you fire and water. Stretch out your hand for whichever you choose. Before each person are life and death, and whichever one chooses will be given. For great is the wisdom of the Lord. He is mighty in power and sees everything. His eyes are on those who fear him, and he knows every human action. He has not commanded anyone to be wicked, and he has not given anyone permission to sin. We all have a choice. We can choose life for ourselves and the community around us, even when it means learning to change the way we normally operate. Or we can choose to chase the cat. The more we look at the ways our own actions affect those around us, the easier it becomes to think about those we're in the world with as we make our choices. And before you know it, dear ones, you might just find that you have become friends with the cat. Amen.